Good morning. So we are back. And this morning, I think we're going to be talking about self-care. I am uh, your host, Timothy Crumley, and I'm with my co-hosts, Emma Cranston and Carlos Merced. Um, But yeah, we're going to be talking about self-care this morning, directed both for clients as well as mental health providers. Uh, But first, real quick, here is a tidbit about what we do. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's, it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate within our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the capital region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense. And in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, Any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. All right. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about self-care. That is a very broad statement. People talk about self-care. You should be engaging in self-care. You should have lots of self-care in your life. Um, And I I think most people, including myself, don't really know what that means. Um, So we're going to be talking about different elements of that. Carlos, you're already like, he's like inching towards the microphone, no, like w- waiting to like <laughs> I'm not. Burst. You just want me to, but okay. Since you brought it up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so with that being said, what is self-care? That is a good question. <laughs> Emma? You're giving me the look. <laughs> Emma under the bus. I always start with you. Do I always throw you under the bus when we yes, start a podcast? You do. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned that last time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, no, I, 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 I will start. I, I will. I will start us off. So, um, like I said, I think it's actually a very broad idea. I, I don't think self care is a particular thing. Um, I think people generally think of it as. Um, you know, some activity that is focused on sort of either empowering yourself or bettering yourself in some way that's not work related. Um, I actually think it can be a lot more complicated than that. I don't necessarily think it. You, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily, yeah. you know, either or, you know, I mean, for some people, it is some people self care would never intersect with their work. Um, it's very separate for them. Other people, there can be elements of their work that actually could encompass self care. Yeah. Again, it all varies. So, um, I think that's the thing. It's, it's a very individual thing. I think part of it, though, is when you walk away from it, do you feel recharged or do you feel drained? Um, so we talk about that with like Myers-Briggs personality characteristics and, and whatnot, introvert versus extrovert kind of a thing. But yeah. with self-care, I think it's very similar. Um, so, yeah. Kind of the way I view self-care is something that you're doing that's restorative. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very separate from self-soothing or coping. Um, so I think that it can be highly social. It can be not social at all. It can be intellectual, not intellectual at all. Like maybe for one person, self-care is, you know, hours of binging Netflix and another person that would be the worst thing. Like that's not their self-care at all. Um, so I just kind of like restorative is the word that always comes to mind. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I like, I like that word too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yes, yeah, so I, I would say, yeah, whatever that is for that person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, and I think, and you know, and I think part partly why we struggle maybe as a society with engaging in this and with, I mean, I, I think there's many reasons why. And I think there's many barriers to it, first off. But even beyond that, I think part of it is, uh, you know, is because we don't really know what it is. We don't really know what that, I mean, I have, I have clients, for example, who um, talk about, and I personally relate to this. I do the same thing. Um, you'll get overwhelmed when you do have free time, not knowing what you want to do with it. And it's like, well... <laughs> I don't want to just, you know, sit around and do X, you know, I want to be, you know, engaging in self-care. I want to be doing, you know, and it's like, again, like, and then, you know, maybe I'll, I'll sit down and read a book where there's 18 different options. And it's like, there's, there's no like understanding a place to start. And I think a lot of that is coming from sort of the wrong place with it. You know, it's coming from this place of like, there is this thing that I should be doing and I'm not doing it um, versus looking more inward and figuring out what feels right in that moment. And like you said, what's going to be restoring to me in this moment? What's going to rejuvenate, rejuvenate? Wow. Rejuvenate. rejuvenate. That's a fancy, <laughs> fancy made up word. word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is going to rejuvenate me in yeah. that? Um, now that word sounds weird to me. What? <laughs> rejuvenate. I was actually, there was a part of me that was like, is that also not, a, but no, I, I, that, that is a word. After hearing rejuvenate, that word no longer sounds correct. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would agree. Rejuvenate. I, I would agree it with that. It sounds weird now. Rejuvenate. It does sound kind of weird. Am I? But I know it's a real word. Okay. Cool. <laughs> do, you, do you have any thoughts on self care, Carlos? Yeah. So, um, for me, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but whenever I am um, practicing self care, in the back of my head, I'm always like, "Am I just being lazy?" You know. <laughs> Like, it's like, mm. oh, shit, I, I could be doing like laundry or I could be cleaning or, you know, I can be doing something. But mm. no, no, I'm sitting here playing a game mm. like and I actually in the moment don't feel like I'm practicing self-care because I'm worried about A, B and C. Mm. I can relate with that. Yeah. Yeah. I Less so now. I think I've somehow made some strides here. I don't actually know what I did, but like I remember working at my last job, if there was a really tough day, I would come home from work and like there were days I came home from work, went directly into my bed and just like laid there for half an hour or an hour, just like in the dark doing nothing and just kind of told my husband like, I need a minute. And that was it. Mm. Um, so sometimes doing nothing or doing something that isn't, you know, in quote, productive, like that was restoring to me because I remember those days coming home and feeling like, and this sounds terrible, but even the pressure of having to interact with my husband was like, I can't, like, I've talked to a lot of people today, or there was a lot of crises today, and I'm just not in the space to hear, like, about his drama at work, or, you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, so I think kind of reframing what it means to me, and e what self-care means to me in each situation. Because in those days, self-care was nothing, like just being a potato and doing nothing for a little <laughs> bit. Um, whereas now, you know, like quarantining, I know for sure that my self-care is going out and going for walks on beautiful days mm. kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And they're both restorative to me for different instances. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I was going to say on that note, so like, I guess you, would you guys say there's like different aspects of self-care, like psychological, physical, spiritual, I would definitely like professional. Yeah, I would definitely yeah. say so. Or I like how you have like a professional category mm -hmm. like that. Well, there ha yeah, I, I think there has to be. We'll say more about that. What do you think that is? So, like, basically, for the professional one, it, it's it's basically like being able to like if you are at work, like practice um, you know healthy boundaries. Practice you know 
Wow. You're, you're, like, you're like, I don't know, you're like grinning at me while I'm saying these are all Because these are all things that you have to do with me, but go ahead. <laughs> yes. I, and I, I'm not being like, about it. I'm just. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this, this is, that's important. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought, but. Well, see, yeah. Well, you were talking about setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really ironic. You're talking about setting boundaries, and then I interrupted you. And <laughs> you lost your train of thought. So this is really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Professional self-care. Yeah. I, I, I apologize. It's fine. Uh, that was pretty much it. You know, setting boundaries, being able to um, come home and separate your work life and your and your your home life, you know, things like that. Yes. <laughs> so let me ask. The faces. <laughs> so how, how is that for you, given that you work from home? with your your fiance who mm-hmm. uh also works from home and co-owns this business with you yeah how how is how how, how is that for how, you? how are maintaining boundaries how, how do you maintain boundaries and how do you maintain your self-care so it takes a lot of patience and a lot of repetitive <laughs> um reminders of hey it's I'm not working right now. I'll respond to it, you know, tomorrow when I am working, um, you know, checking if it's urgent, if it's something that can wait and being patient with your partner because they are, they may be an owner of a, of a small business and maybe f- freaking out about how things are going and how we're making money and how clients are being treated. And you just have to remember that, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how does it feel to say that? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living for Tim Spacious through all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's that's all true. That is all true, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and I very much appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, Carlos has had to set definitely some boundaries with me, um, and I know in pre- in previous jobs I've had to do that with um bosses and supervisors, and um, so it's it's something that um, and it's hard. It's, I mean, it's hard doing that when you're going into work right that's that's yeah. a whole other set of things um and i don't think one is worse than the other or one is better than the other um but then yeah well, you know when you're you know running a business with family and what that entails mm-hmm. um yeah we have that added layer of being fiancés mm-hmm. living in the same apartment in the same room. I mean, right now, even, you know, just given our setup, we are at, we're at my, we're in my little office corner at my desk. And this is also our bedroom and mm-hmm. also his office. So it's all one room. And it's really hard to separate it when it's so intertwined. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes it's very much here. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said something earlier, though, Carlos, which, you know, and I think, again, and you started talking about it too, Emma, and, and we can definitely relate to it, is that sort of negative narrative that comes up when you're trying to engage in self-care of like, well, am I being lazy? Should I be doing something else productive? And I, yeah. I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, wait, should I be doing something else right now? Or, um, And I guess, can we talk more about what we make of that? Like, where, where maybe that comes from for each of us, if you're comfortable. If not, yeah. that's okay, too. Um, but kind of where that comes comes from and just our own reaction to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see a societal influence because just as a society, we're very uh, like, you know, hashtag hustle. We're very productivity <laughs> focused. Um, and like, that like, almost gave me like a mini panic attack. I was like, <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> I know. I, I'm with you. Um, so I think there's like the societal pressure that we have to be producing or like doing something. Even if it's just in our, our free time or our downtime, there can kind of be that pressure to like have something to show for it. Like, oh, look at this beautiful bread that I baked or whatever. Um, so I definitely know that I'll sometimes feel some guilt pretty much that I'm not doing something that I'll have anything to show for it because mm. some of my self-care is like, you know, if I had a rough day, I'm going to do something mindless, whether that's watching some show or whatever, you know, yeah. something that isn't societally seen as productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an influence for me. I think it's also just like kind of my personality trait. Um, like if I think back to when I was in college, I was very productivity focused. Um, and earlier you mentioned that your clients do this, Tim, with, and I think you said yourself too, when they're having that free time, it's kind of like, oh God, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, I remember getting my undergraduate degree and that's like my hobby in quotes was school. All mm. I was doing was like studying and school stuff. Um, and internships and working in a research lab and just like doing all the things. It was, you know, classic overachiever, perfectionist, type A kind of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I graduated, I had all of this free time and I would just sit mm-hmm. and felt terrible because it was like, I don't have anything to do. And all I really know how to do is study. Uh, and I, it's like burned into my memory, sitting at my laptop, Googling like, what are good hobbies to do? Like, mm. what can I do? Mm. <laughs> um, so it's kind of been this weird process in the last however many years. I just, I don't know when I, whenever that was, who cares? Um, from when I got my undergraduate degree, um, kind of like learning how to slow down mm. and be okay without max productivity. Yes. Um, so it's absolutely hugely influenced just by my personality traits um and sometimes my self-care does involve like doing the chores around the house like sometimes that is what i need to feel restored but um the downtime days i have to do a lot of reframing about like no i'm you know that analogy of you can't pour from an empty cup um so i I often have to kind of reframe like no self chill yeah. You're refilling the cup. It's okay. <laughs> yes. You're still being productive by not being productive. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, no, and, and it, it's, it's funny you say that, Emma, because, well, first off, again, I've done that as well in terms of the, I'm going to label this as productive and it is productive, right? It's like, well, if I'm okay, then I can do other things. And, you know, which is, I think, a good way to look at it. But I think that also feeds into the importance and value that our society puts on that, right? About what it means yeah. to be productive. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I almost feel like, and this I'm totally making up, I don't have anything, any research to like back this up, but um, I get the sense that our generation that's sort of our version of um you know pulling yourself up by your bootstraps kind of a thing like mm-hmm. we don't we don't subscribe to necessarily more well granted maybe some of us do but i think as a whole we don't subscribe as much to those like kind of like republican you know myths yeah. or you know but we do carry our own version of that and i think the productivity is what that is it's like well are you being productive today are you you know that's our translation of it and yeah. i think it definitely gets in the way of self-care i think it plays into the imposter syndrome stuff that we've talked about previously um mm-hmm. i think that all connects so i yeah um i definitely hear you on that and then yeah what does it mean 
and this, I mean, I'll, I'll present this to clients, although I struggle with it myself. What does it mean to not be productive? What does it mean to just not do anything? What if you had a whole day where you didn't do anything and it was not productive at all? Not in the least. Like, what would that, what would that actually mean? And I think logically we can play with that, but how that feels, I mean, just the idea of it is terrifying to me. Uh, right. Which is like, why though? Like, what, what is so terrifying about that? But it is, it's, 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 it's not, it's not a comfortable feeling. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Well, let me respond and then I know we have to take a break. Uh-huh. But I did want to, uh, put something out there. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, for me at least, it's a little anxiety where it's just like my mind is constantly like running. So it's like, I'll be trying to practice self-care, but in the back of my head, it's just like, it's that, it's that other voice saying like, no, do this, do that, do this, do that. But where I think that also comes from is from, is from work, mm. from, from being at in a, in a customer service job, you yeah. Mainly from what I experienced, well, it's any job really. There's always that supervisor, that manager that's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Can you be doing this? Yeah. Can you, be, you can be wiping the counter. You can be, you can be doing this. You can, yes. be, you can be doing that." Um, yeah. And no matter what job I go to, it that's there's always that supervisor. Like I remember in one job specifically. Um, one of the supervisors would walk around, um, you know, where everyone's offices were and, you know, the offices had windows and they would look in and it'll probably be like a lunch break. And the supervisor would see the people like chatting and eating. And while there's, you know, things that could be done and they'll pop in and be like, Hey, so what are you guys doing? Or, you know, or bring it up later in the day. Like, so I just saw a bunch of people, you know, hanging out in the office, in their office today. And, you know, that's not a good, that's not a good look for, for other, you know, clients. It it was just, I hate that, that, um, atmosphere. Mm. It's like, you always should be working. Yeah. What is, what does that leave you with? What is that kind of atmosphere? What, what did, what did that leave you with? And what does it leave you with? Well, what do you mean? Like when when you're when you're exposed to that, essentially, like that that sort of like that sort of like environment and that, um, yeah, that sort of approach. What did that leave you with? Honestly, like I just feel it. It, it just feels the anxiety. Mm. Like it, it creates a bad narrative where, like, if I like when I see that person. It's almost like, oh my God, I need to be doing something. I need to be doing something. Oh, what am I going to do? Like, I, I, let me grab a book. Let me start writing. Or, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you you then have to like go out of your, like spend all this extra energy to try and make yourself seem busy when like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel natural. Yeah. Like no one has to be working 24 yeah. seven, even if you're at your job mm-hmm. and to, to have that in the back of your head, like, oh, like I when my manager passes by, I need to look like I'm doing something. Yeah. No, you don't. Like you're at work. You're gonna have some downtime. So what if you're sitting at your desk doing nothing? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I have some additional thoughts to add on to that, but we like you said, we do gotta take a break. Mm-hmm. So here we are taking a break. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to spotlight Ashley Whiteside, who is a licensed master social worker. Uh, she is a phenomenal therapist. I've worked closely with her for a number of years. Um, 
And uh, yeah, she is currently accepting clients. She accepts CDPHP and self-pay. Uh, she also runs groups from time to time. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Um, she specializes in a number of areas, uh, but specifically uh, issues facing women in uh, communities of color, uh, identity development. Uh, she also has a strength-based approach, uh, has a very much a family systems and life systems approach uh, and sort of viewpoint, and also career development. Um, she has experience um working with clients navigating career career related stuff um but yeah she's great to work with like i said uh she's very client-centered um i always say this about all of our therapists but uh very much works with her clients um and uh, right now she is um well she has been running a covid support group although that will be ending um but again she will be running uh groups in the future as well um yeah all right, and we're back. So, um, yeah, I have some thoughts just to go off what you were saying, Carlos, about, um, you know, in terms of boundaries and how workplace experiences interact with self-care. That's kind of where our conversation is going. Um, and, and I don't, I think it was uh, inevitable that we were going <laughs> to go down this path. Um, but, uh, you know, just real quick, um, and I do want to touch on other aspects of it, but what you were saying, Carlos, I think, like we talked about before, imposter syndrome being wrapped up in this. And I think that there are, um, unfortunately, you know, there's some very outdated forms of management that play out in, especially customer service. Um, I know Emma, you and I have, you know, we've navigated, um, our own experiences, um, you know, within our field and other fields, it's just in general, right? Like I think across the board, there's just outdated forms of that. And I think, um, you know, again, the notion around how, how a team is productive and how we create that, especially within American culture is, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. Like there's like, there's just a lot of, um, I think misconceptions. There's a lot of, I mean, there's books on this, right? I mean, you could read books upon books over the last 30, 40, 50 years that advocate these certain forms of management and, um, you know, how you keep a team productive, how you lead a team. And I, again, I'm not like trying to, to, call you know uh, bullshit in an area that i'm not an expert in per se but like there's just a, a lot of that that i think doesn't really hold up and then i think there's this other sort of thing that happens where all right so we're looking at these ways of managing we're kind of looking at the cons of of that and how it doesn't work and how it impacts you know workers negatively and um then i think there is this notion i know um for example not to i love my father but not to call him out in the mobile podcast but my, my dad has this sort of thing he's gotten into this like sort of like anti-millennial thing over the last like five years i'm not sure if your parents mm-hmm. do this emma it's like it, it he he didn't do it historically he was not one of those people and then like it something like struck him i think he had like an employee who was younger who didn't work out or i, I don't know mm-hmm. but like he had a negative experience with someone within our age bracket and um you know he's just going off about you know this whole generation which and i reminded him that i'm part of this generation and he actually had to like think about it for a minute he had forgotten i guess but anyway so he um he's going off about it but but one of his points is that well people in our age bracket need coaches that we're looking to be coached we're looking to which granted i think there's probably some truth to that right we're we're looking for a different form of being led and management and so there's truth to that but that's a form of self-care seeking out supervision is a form of self-care. Look, look, look at him go. I'm sorry. Do it. Do it. Go. Uh, I mean, go. That's, that's all I have to say. You know. Oh, okay. that, sorry. Yeah. No, but yeah, but you're right though. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And and it's like yeah. you, you know, but 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 it's it's sort of um, the narrative though is very. Um, how should I put it? It is. It's very negative. Like the, like the narrative is like, oh well, you know, you're looking yeah. to be baby through this. You're looking to have your hand held through this, um, and uh, 
yeah. So again, there's lots of different things this branches off to, and it, you know, again, all interconnects, but um, that's what I've been seeing with that and going off what you were saying, Carlos, about management. I think that that, that plays into all of that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, additional thoughts. I feel like I just like rambled. On that. Um, no, it's just, yeah. And I, I, no. <laughs> I might need additional thoughts. I can, I can keep going. I can. Well, of course. I want to just. Yeah. Okay. Kudos to Carlos because I, um, even earlier when you were talking about professional self care, the first thing popping into my mind was like supervision because I know that's kind of how I view my personal supervision. So yay for bringing it back up. And that's all I want to say. <laughs> No, but that's, but that's, I think, right. And I think, you know, so when we talk about, you know, ways of managing that are, um, again, not conducive to self-care or not conducive, because again, I see it as being one and the same. This goes back to your point, Emma, something that's conducive to self-care is probably going to be conducive to productivity, which is kind of the irony in all of this, right? It's like, I think historically we thought about it being either or, I think employees think about it as either or managers think of it as either or. It's like, if you treat your employees well, they're probably going to do a better job. If you give them ownership, if you give them real lead way and flexibility and if you can't do that with someone um i remember being in a meeting once with and i often shared the story in a previous podcast now but i remember being in a meeting with a former colleague and supervisor at a previous job and um again there were all these you know concerns and issues around this particular employee i don't remember who it was but basically they were you know person was going on and, on. and finally i was like okay well all right we got to do something are we just gonna are we gonna let them go are we gonna fire them like like you gotta pick like we gotta pick something here like we can't just like like sit here and complain about it. Like that's like do something about it. Um, and I think that, you know, my point in that though, is that if you are so worried about your employee doing something that is, you know, not going to be productive or that they're going to be wasting the company's time or then there's probably something else you should be doing about that. And maybe they shouldn't be working for you. Like if there's that big of a concern, um, right. you know, but I think, yeah, I'm going back to your point, Carlos, that, but I think when, when, you know, I think the alternative is when that, when that lead way is given um, and people feel empowered, they're more likely to do a better job. They're more likely to take ownership in their work. They're more likely to take responsibility. Um, and yeah, again, I think they're going to do a better job and they're going to do more work. Like that's just how I view it. Like I think it's one and the same. So if you respect self-care, if you respect boundaries, like you were describing Carlos, I think you're going to get a much better outcome put um and again i know i keep saying this but it all interconnects right? it's just, it's, absolutely yeah I, it's it's really interesting like just this whole concept of like management styles and self-care uh because I, if i think of my experiences self-care was just kind of like the hot button word to throw out every once in a while mm. so if you know in like a group supervision kind of setting or like a, a team meeting or something like that if there is this overall trend of people being overwhelmed overworked whatever um we get hit a lot with you know self-care is important and we'd all sit around thinking, yeah huh self-care or you know <laughs> joe could be like haha what's that and we'd all nod and mm-hmm, yeah it's very important and then we'd move right along and i actually remember going to you know we'd have these periodic like team trainings um and there was one i was actually excited about because generally they're like mind-numbing and you just want to get out of there and get to the fifteen thousand things you have to actually do Mm. um but there was one that i was excited for because it was 
on self-care. And it was, I'm still so entertained by this. The video we were supposed to watch wasn't working. Uh, but before that, we were already like 20 minutes late getting started for the one hour training. So we're already starting 20 minutes late. And then the video is not working. And instead of trying to make it a discussion, it was just like, well, we all know what self-care is, right? Yeah, yeah, you guys all know what it is. All right, cool. So training done. We'll just chat instead. No way. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, A, I'm wasting my time for this, for all the other work I have, but B, oh, my God, could we undervalue self-care anymore? (laughs) That's such a reflection, though, of how our society approaches this, though. Like, that is, that's like, that's spot on. Like, that That is. so funny. Wow. In a very sad way. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what it is where it's like people are um two-faced about it it's like yes you need to be you know take care of yourself do this do that but god forbid you need a mental health day and you need to use like some Mm -hmm. of your you know vacation hours or whatever on a mental health day and your your boss will be like what you you need a day off what are you talking about yeah yeah in the middle of the week? What? Like, yep. ugh, it, don't get yep. me started. I can't. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, it's always, it's always frowned upon when you, like, in hourly jobs anyway. I don't know about salary, but, like, mm-hmm. in an hourly job, if you need to take a day off, it's always a, a what do you need the day off for? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but why? Like, mm-hmm. because I want it off. Like, why do I need a reason to t- request a day off? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and then that that's where it develops the whole relationship where, I don't know, where it's like the person requests the day, the day off, the manager denies it, and then the the person just calls out. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, yes. You see what you did there? Yes. Like, I'm trying to like take care of myself. You, you denied it. And now I just call out. And now we have that relationship where it's like you don't believe that action you, you know it's just a weird yeah dynamic you can't you can't you can't be open not to cut you up, but you can't be open and genuine exactly with your with your with your work environment and with your boss or mm-hmm. yeah and i think absolutely and that's a good example of that it's like because mm-hmm. i think and then you know again the notion of what does it mean to and this is really important we talk about self-care right this you talked about boundaries carlos uh being able to communicate one's needs Right. And, mm-hmm. and how is that heard? How is that seen? Um, again, this may sound very, you know, uh, millennial, whatever, but, you know, I think the reality here is that, um, you know, there is, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of stigma. Right. When that comes up when you have an employee asking their boss, especially in a, in a, I think in that kind of a position where it's like an hourly job, although it happens in salary positions too. Um, but you know, when you ask your boss or you approach your, your work environment in some way looking to establish those boundaries, to express those needs. And there's this automatic, oh, well, they're just looking to waste the company time. Or they're just, they're just looking to freeload. They're just looking to, nope. Well, they don't really want to work. They don't really yeah. want to, like all these misconceptions. And I've had, you know, very, you know, I've had colleagues who are very progressive, very liberal. They've do the same, they fall into the same traps. Like they're, these are yeah. not like these, you know, alt right, you know, like these are people <laughs> who like, you know, um, think that they're really pro this stuff, but yeah, when it comes down to it, and I just want to throw another perspective out here though, because this, I've noticed this since we've been doing common sense. And since we've been working with clients as a, uh, as a practice becoming an IPA, um, 
is that when you're a business owner, there is a lot that you got to keep in check with that because what happens is my, and again, to, to tell my father, but he was right about this. He, he, and he told me very early on that, oh yeah, well, you don't have a boss anymore, but your client is your boss, which is very true. And yeah. when the client is the boss, it is very easy to stop falling into this trap of, oh, well, they messaged on Sunday night at 7 PM. We have to respond right away. Because that's business, yeah. you know, we have to, you know, we have to be on it. We have to, and, um, that will start to, and Carlos is grinning, that will, <laughs> that will trickle down. Seriously, you start to respond to that and then you, you treat your colleagues and employees and, um, you know, you, you treat the people around you in such a fashion and, um, it, yeah, and that really starts to fuel these dynamics. And then I think, yeah, there's this conception of like, well, if we're not responding to clients, then what are we doing? Like, what, what's, what's going on? And there was a sense of urgency there that is not yeah. there when you don't, when you're not owning it or, or you're not the head of it. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not excusing it and I'm not, um, giving it a pass because this is something I've had to work on, as you noted earlier, Carlos. Um, <laughs> I've had to take a look at and it's on me. Right. It's like, I, you should not treat people that way. Period. Like, there's just no, there's no excuse for it. Um, but I think that's partly where it comes from. And I think there is a sort of position that, you know, but again, that goes back to boundaries and needs. It's like, okay, well, if that customer needs you to respond at 7 p.m. on a Sunday, what precedent are you setting with yeah. that person and with that business? And if that's the only way you keep that customer, at what expense then are you? Are you, you know, are you keeping this relationship, right? This is going to make or break it. If you responding Monday morning is going to somehow lose this person, they probably weren't going to work out anyway. And, and how much were they actually going to, you know, how much business? And in this case, you know, how much are we really going to be able to support them mental health wise, but how much business are they really going to give you? Um, so again, you can get, you know, this gets into layers and, and viewpoints and perspectives, but, um, I think that there are these notions, especially in customer service, but other areas where, um, you know, there is a sense of what well, we have to, you know, customer's always right. We have to. And it's like, no, that's actually, if anything, that's actually going to hurt your business. It's going to hurt your employees. It's going to hurt productivity. And it's wow. definitely going to infringe on self-care. It's going to infringe on boundaries and needs. Um, anyway, again, I keep going on these tangents, but any additional thoughts? No, but it's, it's, yeah. I love that tangent. I think... <laughs> You know, granted, I'm not the CEO of a company, but I'm in private practice and I absolutely can. I've definitely felt that pressure of, oh my gosh, a client messaged me. I should just respond now because I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first it was like, oh, you know, when I, when I was doing private practice, you know, part time and still working a different job full time, you know, I have a few clients. So what does it hurt to just answer a quick message or whatever? Um, and I think that's kind of where I started. Mm. And then I transitioned to this full time and it's my only source of income. And then it became, well, I got to respond so that, like you said, the client stays. Mm. Um, something that there, I don't remember if I shared this on the podcast before, but there was one night where I woke up in the nighttime. Um, I think it was like two in the morning or something like that for whatever reason, reached for my phone, saw that a client had responded with something, and I, at 2 a.m., legitimately messaged that client back. And right as I hit send, I was like, what the shit am I doing? Like, <laughs> why am I yeah. responding now? Yeah, yeah. Like, this, and that was kind of like this pivotal, pivotal moment for me. Um, and kind of to your point on, oh, I got to respond, there's this pressure. I just kind of brought it back to the basics of like, what are my ethics and my competence and what am I 
doing for my clients mm. if I'm teaching immediate gratification. Right. Like, right. That's not, they're going to be really disappointed in the rest of the world. Yep. So, well, and, um, and they're going to be disappointed when you can't provide that exactly. on-call service. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yes. I, it's been really helpful for me to kind of like reframe what am I doing here? Well, I'm, I'm role modeling a lot. I'm role modeling appropriate boundaries. I'm hopefully maybe helping people learn how to delay some of that gratification, patience, all of these lovely skills that are going to play out in their life. Um, so it's been a really interesting progression. Um, but it's funny that self care for once (laughs) was actually like the thing that pushed me to start making that decision. So, yay, I finally prioritized my self-care. But you're absolutely right about that. And again, I think that's a great demonstration of, again, boundaries and putting your own needs first, right? Which is, again, I think that's for your businesses. That's for your business's sake. That's for your private practice's sake. That's for your sake. That's for your client's sake. Again, at all, you know, you're you're serving the same purpose and all those things. And they don't conflict. These things Mm -hmm. do not conflict as I think, again, you know, going back to some of these examples and, and what you talked about, Carlos, and mm-hmm. that, you know, there's, there's this notion that these things are conflicting, that they must conflict, you know, it's like, yeah. nope, they, they, they really don't. Um, there's a story, um, again, whole different field than what we do, Emma, but um, I have a friend who's in sales and um, she does a really good job. She's, you know, really great saleswoman and she uh, works for a company that they're pretty big on micromanaging, right? Like they just, she told me many stories and, um, but, uh, uh, so she's been working from home because of COVID-19 and long story short, they had this customer who, um, so the, so her company sort of through the micromanaging, um, has, um, very much monitored everything that she does with her clients. Um, so they've been involved, right? But so it, under that microscope, you know, she has had to make, you know, decisions. She's had to respond to, so I have this um, you know, uh, close friend of mine who um, she works in sales. Uh, she's a, a great saleswoman, um, and I really got to stop talking like Trump during these podcasts. Like I, I find myself doing that. She's great. She's great she's at what great. she does. She's amazing. She's amazing. No one's ever done this just quite like her. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Like I'm like oh my god. So, um, but she is. She is a really. She's really good at what she does, and she's an awesome person. It's incredible. Though. It's incredible. No, it's okay. Great. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to say it in a way that the president would not say. I'm sorry, um, that's all I hear. Me too. Um, people, please vote. Um, so, um, so uh, uh, anyway, backing up. So, so she she works in sales um, and uh, works for a company that uh, has historically micromanaged her. Right? They they monitor yeah. basically everything she does. Uh, I won't get into those dynamics, but in that environment, she's had to respond to requests from clients and get quotes and um, and just been this one client that she's been working with and she's been you know kind of updating me as she's navigating this where um they have gotten they've they've received free stuff for things that previous salespeople did or didn't do and now she's taking out of her commission this this client will email her at all times of the day and she's you know feeling as though she has to respond to it because she's working from home because if you work from home you gotta be able to respond all the time that's a whole other dynamic right that's that's a whole other Uh set of toxic dynamics there but so she's you know and then um, there's a point where she's actually, um, copying, pasting quotes from the source to the client so that, you know, she's not messing with that communication. She's making it very clear, but sure enough, this client changed what they wanted. And then suddenly the quote was wrong and she didn't update them fast enough or whatever. And so the client got really upset. Long story short, and then she ended up having a supervision over it. So long story short, 
she's feeling resentful because she doesn't feel supported by her company and she feels micromanaged in all of this and now is, is now getting the blame for what happened. The client was never happy and the client was going to take, take, take and take. And now, the, now they're not going to make this deal that they were working up to. Um, and that was probably inevitable. Um, and the company's not making money off of that. Like, so like no one's winning in that. No one yeah. is, is benefiting, you know? So again, people can, can have whatever reactions about self-care and what we're talking about here. But like, if you want to actually run a successful business and be profitable, like these things all intertwine, um, yeah. you know, so I think, I think what you're talking about, Emma, I think also spoke to that, but it made me think of that story. It's again, she's in a whole Absolutely. other field than us. She's not in mental health, but like that happens all the time. And how much productivity are we, are we losing versus focusing on clients? clients and working with with individuals who are really engaged and who again in her case want to you know buy stuff in her field or in our case you know clients who are really like they're showing up to their appointments and they want to talk about this stuff and they want to you know um you know they're 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 engaged they're they are they're playing a role in that process and, and they're actually and hopefully leading the process um yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's my story i'm gonna well. <laughs> back up a little bit yeah uh no that that was very well said um i think that leads to um when that specific story reminds me of the the customer is always right Mm -hmm. phrase it's like in that specific scenario like there were multiple situations where the customer like promised to do things like yeah if you do you know if you do this we'll buy this much in whatever you're selling and then they do that and then the customer never gets all of that stuff that they promised to buy and then like i don't know it it was just it just kept happening where the customer was doing inappropriate things um but our friend's supervisor only seemed to notice things that our friend was doing wrong. Yep. yep. And he just acknowledged that. Never acknowledges that the customer is in the wrong. Yep. So it, that creates the, you know, the dynamic where now our friend is resentful towards the manager because the manager doesn't ever have her back. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, and that's just a, um, an example of poor boundaries. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and now imagine doing that in mental health, right? Doing that where that whole customer is always right mentality, right? And again, I'm like you said, I'm going to respond at 2 a.m. to this. I'm going to, mm-hmm. it's, it's not only doing them a disservice, and especially mental health is doing them a major disservice. Um, but yeah, what does that, what does that do to us? Um, yeah, and that's exactly right. That is, he's spot on. That's what happened with our friend. Um, so yeah, and that happens all the time. Like that's just a common story. Um, so I think, you know, how we look at all of this and going back to self-care uh, specifically, I think there are lots of components to this. And I, it does seem like we kind of are going off in these tangents and, and branches. But I think we are because these are all components of it. These all impact self-care. And how we understand it. Um, one thing, though, one technique I use with clients, and I use it with myself. Um and this only works in some circumstances. In some circumstances where this is not a good technique to use. Um, but it's to sort of follow that fear to the end. And actually, I do this now with some of our, yes. our clients. Where if, again, if I get that call, you know, on a Sunday afternoon and, um, you know, I haven't, you know, you know, we haven't heard back from you. We haven't. And I know, and I know that Carlos called them on Friday. You know, like it's like, mm-hmm. it, I think to myself, okay, well, again, what is the worst case scenario here if I respond on Monday? Right. What, what, what will happen? And if they don't respond or if they don't, if we lose them because of that... Well, for one, I probably just saved myself a lot of headache 
honestly, because it probably wasn't going to work out anyway. Mm-hmm. And and two, what am I sacrificing in that? Like, what am I what am I giving up? Okay, well, I'm putting my my relationship with a co-owner of my business in jeopardy. I'm putting my relationship with my fiance in jeopardy. I'm putting my own self care in jeopardy. I'm putting my own time off in jeopardy. Um, yeah. Because I work hard to have my Sunday evening off, um, you know, it's like, so yeah, I think there's, there's just a lot that um, is really at stake with that. And, and so what I, what I'll do is I'll sort of think that through and I'll think, through, okay, well, what is the worst case scenario? I lose the client. Actually, worst case scenario, they go and complain to someone, right? Maybe, maybe so and so goes and complains to a licensing board. You know, why well, reached out to this person? They didn't get back to me, um, or they, they, you know, whatever. They go to the Better Business Bureau, whatever, and they, they, they complain about common sense, right? So, like, that's like again, worst case scenario from the CEO's perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, if that happens, yeah. then yeah. then it happens. Um, you know, it's not, it really isn't the end of the world and it's going to happen at some point, right? It's like, you know, um, so yeah, so it, it's, it's sort of following that, that fear through to the end. And I probably have shared this in other podcasts, but like, that's something that I, I do a lot of, um, that yeah. to manage it. And I think for self-care purposes, it's helpful because once I do that, not only does it kind of lift the weight off my shoulders and I, then I forget about it and then I'll, I'll put on my, right. I'll, it's, done. It's, it's done. I'll put on my calendar, I'll put on my to-do list for the next day. And then the next day I deal with it. And it's like, you know, that's, that works out. Um, so yeah, I think all these concepts are really important in, in understanding how to engage in self-care. Cause again, it's not so much about what you're doing or the activities that you're doing. It has to do with these perceptions. It has to do with the negative narratives and the stigmas that we're facing. It's yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think we can change gears a little bit. Okay. Um, take a quick break, do another spotlight. And when we come back, we'll talk about the dangers of self-care. Oh. 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 Yeah. Okay. That works. That works. Do it. All right. So our spotlight for today is going to be uh, Kara Bruder. She is a licensed mental health counselor and case act with our practice. Um, she's actually based in the Rochester area. Um, so she is looking to serve those more so in Western New York, although she can work with anyone within New York State over tele. Uh, and she uh, specializes in a variety of areas, but specifically trauma. Um, and she does have a specialty in trauma. She's also what's called a CCTP. Um, so she, again, she works in trauma, uh, also mood and and, uh, anxiety uh, issues, as well as, again, substance use. Um, so uh, definitely a, a good combo, I know, for a lot of our clients that we work with facing uh, these uh, uh, these issues and uh, looking for guidance. Um, and again, person-centered, uh, she uh, believes that you are your best expert. Um, she is here to help, again, guide and sort of be the guardrails in your work, but, um, but that she believes that you are your best expert. Um, and she also believes in being very genuine and true in her sessions, um, which I, I've, I personally also subscribe to, that um, being genuine with your clients and just being yourself can really go a long way versus uh, being that kind of textbook uh, kind of provider. So um yeah, so that is Kara. And we're back. <laughs> I'm, podcast now. I'm sorry, that's just how you do it. I just wanted to <laughs> I wanted to show you what you sound like. Well now everyone will will hear what you sound like. So. Well, I don't know if you sound like that, so whatever. <laughs> did, did you want to pick us up? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> But I think we're going to wrap up this episode here, seeing as we're pushing uh, 45 minutes. And we'll pick this topic up next week at this exact spot. 
All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Okay. Don't steal my my bit. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Don't steal my bit. Oh my god. <laughs> Bye.